You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Choose to be curious. I've been thinking about what it really means to get good at curiosity and and how to come forward with really meaningful, important questions for others who are about my own life. I mean, this is a really powerful idea that we might design our lives around certain compelling questions. It is. It's a huge idea. It's really at the heart of the show's hypothesis that choosing to be curious can and does transform lives and communities. So where to start? I began by asking a friend, someone who thinks large, interesting thoughts, and who's invested time and energy in learning how to ask really good questions. Beth Flores, you just heard her, and she led me to the poet Rainier Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart, and try to love the questions themselves. Live the questions now. I invited Beth to help me explore how we can learn to craft more and more effective and more beautiful questions. Beth calls herself a relentless entrepreneur. And because this is a DC crowd, I will tell you that she's a certified coach and professional storyteller. She's a non-resident fellow at the Atlantic Council's Brent Scowcroft Center on International Security, the former managing director of Impact Hub DC, the first director of leadership and organizational development for the Pentagon's policy staff, co-founder of the Federal Innovators Network to support change makers across the US government, cyclist, dog lover, I don't know what else. And a short version of all of that is Design Thinker, which of all of her titles is the one I really care about. So Beth, welcome, and tell me more about that. Actually, I stumbled into design, which I'm finding is not an uncommon route. And I say that because it actually, um, it was in the Pentagon at the time, And I had been there long enough to figure out mostly how the business of policymaking gets done. Uh And I realized that we always took the same route to get there, essentially. Uh, A familiar path? A familiar path that was Mm (laughs) well-worn, you know, somewhat cynically. A lot of people, frankly, were doing it with their eyes closed. And I I mean Uh. that in the sense that there was no thought or experimentation happening uh-huh, about uh-huh. how we would approach these big challenges or questions. And so I was lucky enough to have been tasked with starting this office that you mentioned on leadership and innovation. And I thought, well, what would happen if we trained ourselves in different disciplines mm-hmm. so that instead of approaching a question or a problem in the same way every time, we might have a, an array of tools uh-huh. to choose from. Uh-huh. So did they have an array already, or you you had to go out and find this array? You know, I, I had to go out and find this array. Uh-huh. I suppose that if I thought more deeply about it, I could find 
from scenario planning to pure analytics, that there were actually a few different approaches kind of resident Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, there at the time. But none of them seemed very fun to me. (laughs) Uh. You know, and these were tough challenges. These were multi... Not the first place you think of fun. (laughs) Not the first place you think of fun. That was one driver. Mm -hmm. There was a a very almost uh, logical and understandable reason Uh why I went out Uh in search. But there was another reason, and I think it's relevant maybe to this conversation, in that, you know, I had gotten to the point in my own life and career where I just kind of thought, you know... Everyone expects me to know the answers, Mm -hmm. and that's just not as fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And in in the the playfulness and the the intentional learning mindset was slowly kind of getting snuffed out. Uh, So that wasn't that was also occurring at the same time. Right. So what'd you do? I. Uh, got out of the building mm, and mm-hmm. and you know air quotes getting out of the building is something that in the startup world and the tech world and the product management world is something that we say mm-hmm. you know shake it up mm-hmm. go talk to people that are different than you so that's what getting out of the building means and I did I went to California I took trainings in action learning. I went to the Stanford D school or design school and I became a beginner uh, again. Uh, so give us the nutshell version. Why are those why were those interesting? Why were they fun? Were they fun? Yeah. <laughs> uh, both were fun uh-huh. because they were new and different. Uh-huh. Both place inquiry at the center of uh-huh. the approach. I mean, and the D school is just set up to be fun. There's movable furniture and loud music and light and colors. It's really a playground for mm-hmm. the mind. Mm-hmm. And the approach is, you know, is, in, is intended to be that way. So the approach is, I mean, the environment itself is somewhat disruptive from the outset. So you're in a, this is not the same old thinking. A- absolutely. Right from the start. Yeah. 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 And... Um, I mean, and it's built into design. It it appreciates extreme views. It doesn't. Uh-huh. It's not a bell curve approach. It doesn't tend to the middle. Oh, uh-huh. like what's out there? What uh-huh. if that? So it's inherently curious. Uh huh. Uh huh. Action learning is a little bit more structured, but it's a way to basically round robin a problem with a team uh-huh. by only asking questions. Oh, so no, no declaratives, no declaratives, Only questions, no advice, <sighs> no, you know, the, the the two words that I detest the most in a problem solving conversation are, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and there's this cult of expertise that, mm-hmm. right, right, that comes with that. But instead, it's a question. So it's, um, it's open. It's. Uh, you know, it lives in the possibilities. Uh, so it's a, I wonder, or what if, mm-hmm. or... What uh, if, or, you know, part of the other purpose of the questions in action learning is to break down, identify assumptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes those are buried in the muck, and we don't know that until it's too late. 
I, it reminds me, um, Edward R. Moreau said that a great many people think they're thinking when they're really rearranging their prejudices. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, I'm reminded of that when you say that, that, you know, we get into these situations and we think that we're thinking outside the box, but we're we're just kind of revisiting the same old, same old. So how do these... How do these practices bust that open? I mean, how do they build muscle to push back against that familiar path? Mm-hmm. I think design is maybe the better example of that, quite mm-hmm. frankly, because it invites you to get out and talk to people. And what do you talk to people about? I mean, just whatever? or Well, usually there's a a framing challenge, a a question that sits at the center Mm -hmm. of the project or the inquiry. You know, when it's used in the business world, often you're trying to design a new product or anticipate something, a need from Mm -hmm. a customer base. Or when applied in the social sector, you might be looking for new ways to meet a need Mm -hmm. of some Mm -hmm. population in society. So design does not start from the place of expertise, uh-huh. meaning people who analyze the problem, people who you look for the commonalities across a broad population. That's not where it starts. It uh-huh. starts by actually going to the people who experience this problem or this need every day. Mm-hmm. And really, really trying to understand it through their eyes, their lives, their feelings. Absolutely. And so how do you do that? I mean, are there specific kinds of questions that you ask? I mean, are there, are there is it a methodology or is it just time? Well, both, actually. Uh-huh. And the time is interesting. And I'm actually less, um, less practiced in this almost ethnographic or mm-hmm. an, almost anthropological mm-hmm. approach to being with, like really being in the homes and walking in the shoes and spending time and just, you know, steeping yourself mm-hmm. in the experience. That is one very rich way to gain insights. And the other is through question-based interviewing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is, you know, training that is available on how to ask questions that are unbiased, that don't lead the interviewee, you know, sometimes it's not even a question. Sometimes it's, tell me about a time when. Uh, So this uh beautiful storytelling uh, aspect of understanding that comes out. I hope people are enjoying listening to our stories here on WERA 96.7 FM. And I just want to assure listeners that we've got links to all of these sources and techniques we've been talking about on our Facebook page, Choose to be Curious. But back to this conversation. And I know you and I have had the conversation that you actually don't like uh, Clay Christensen's line, questions are places in your mind where answers fit. If you haven't asked the question, the answer has nowhere to go. So tell me, because I like that. So I want to talk about this. Tell me why that doesn't sit so well for you. Yeah, you know, I feel um, a, a slight bit of shame because Clay Christensen is a <laughs> you're entitled to is an a hero <laughs> and a, a well-respected professor in the business world. What I felt my heart sank a little bit uh-huh. when I read that quote because it felt like 
reverse engineering. Oh. You know, so walking back from the uh-huh. answer to uh-huh. a question, which uh-huh. feels very analytical, almost um, mechanical, and not juicy. See, what's so interesting to me about that is I read it and I thought, yeah, I'm not, it sort of had an, almost an intuitive ring to me. It's like there are answers to things that are floating in the air, like, dust or confetti to put a happier spin on it but <laughs> and and if you if you don't have a place for them to land they're just out there so i thought of it in terms of if you haven't asked kind of the right question you don't actually get the answer that's floating right around you so to me it was actually this kind of optimistic Oh, very not analytical, you know, just this sort of open hmm. thing. So I was just really mm-hmm. struck. You know, it's one of these wonderful things, right? That you can have very different takes mm-hmm. on what you're hearing and mm-hmm. seeing and and just sort of remembering that that's happening all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> in conversation. Yeah, this reminds me of Elizabeth Gilbert. She says a wonderful thing about inspiration and creative inspiration. Mm. She says, inspiration floats around in the universe. And if you're not ready to receive it at that moment, it doesn't die. Uh It Uh just keeps floating around until someone else is ready to receive it. Right. And that is a beautiful thought right yeah so that's that's the spirit in which i was hearing that that's yes Mm -hmm. yes i think and it is really it is this wonderful idea that that stuff is out there and it's looking for a home maybe it's you maybe (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's somebody else but it's going to land somewhere and it is sort of a question of asking the right question right i mean and that's sort of what i wanted to ask you about and where you were so helpful in kind of thinking about how to even enter into this conversation it's like well what is the question that you want to ask what is it you know, what is the question you want to live now? Mm. Talk to me about that. That's such a powerful line. <laughs> it's a, that's a big question. Maybe I'll, here, here's what I'm thinking about yeah. now is that, I mean, this is a really powerful idea that we might design our lives around certain compelling questions. Mm. And, you know, that is a very, that's very different than how we're normally taught to travel Mm -hmm. in this Uh world. But if the question is broad enough and directional, Uh meaning that it uh, pulls us forth, it can really be the kind of meaning-giving energy or or path or or map making function Uh that allows Uh us to make really good choices. I I used a question when I left my career at the Pentagon, actually. Uh I didn't have goals. I had a question. And can you share that question? Sure. I worked really hard on it. And the question was, how might I bring more creativity, connection, and community to leadership and public service. Wow. That must have kept you busy for a long time. It, well, I'm still <laughs> still working on it. Yeah, yeah. So can you 
can you unpack that a little bit? I mean, because that is, you know, it's all this conversation about, oh, it's what a great question. And many things that we call great questions are not great questions. I mean, they're just <laughs> sort of obvious questions, it seems to me. But some questions are really great questions or what Krista Tibbet and others call, you know, a beautiful mm-hmm. question. That strikes me as a beautiful question. Can mm-hmm. you unpack it a little bit? Sure. It, you know, it's very personal to me as any question yeah. that functions in this way. part of be. its beauty right there. You know, creativity meant a lot to me, means a lot to me. It was a way to be fully expressed. Mm. That's what it, that's the definition that I give it, to bring all of my unique talents to bear on, you know, being a public servant. Mm-hmm. Um, the connection also was very, you know, I don't think this is a word, but choiceful, if you get what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, that should be a word. <laughs> you know, the connection is that it's just based on my observation that in this endeavor mm-hmm. of being a public servant or government that we you know, on the surface are definitely all in this together, but we don't often have build the relationships that really allow us to amplify our effort Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a direction of purpose. And so I wanted to feel very connected emotionally, Mm -hmm. not just to the work, but to the people I was working with and the people I was serving. And there are moments that can stretch into much longer periods of time where you lose that connection mm-hmm. and your, mm-hmm. your light kind of goes out. Right, you know? right. And then the um, the community was just this idea of n- not working alone. I, I don't, I, per- I personally don't thrive in an environment where the star, you know, it's like a star culture. It's uh-huh. like a much more of a, even if it's the bad news bears, I'd much rather be on a team. <laughs> <laughs> so all those words meant something, uh-huh, and it, it, uh-huh. it helped drive me. Yeah, yeah. Dan Rothstein said that asking questions is a sophisticated skill, and people need to be taught. So mm-hmm. how do we teach ourselves to ask better questions? So shameless plug. Yeah, by all means. For an organization where uh, that taught me how to ask questions. Uh-huh. And that was an organization called the Coro Foundation. Huh. And it's all about building a good society. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And inquiry, this, this, uh, this activity, this inclination to be inquisitive was a cornerstone of the curriculum. Uh-huh. And so we taught the mechanics of good question asking, meaning... Um, and there were words you used and words you didn't use. Uh-huh. How, the difference between an open-ended and a closed question, which I know that the Right Question Institute has baked into its right. That's teachings. Dan Rothstein's mm-hmm. work, yeah. And then there was this additional layer of complexity of asking questions as a team activity. Hmm. So what happens when you have four or six or eight people pursuing a line of inquiry together Uh and how do you build on each other's question without creating whiplash right you know right right or redundancies or a a yes selfishness yeah oh yeah selfishness is big oh interesting so if i were going to write down kind of three excellent kind of takeaway tips 
um, for beautiful questions or kind of being more, I mean, a lot of this, I think of as being sort of just intentionally curious. Do you have a list like that of things, of sort of disciplines that you use either personally or or in any of your work capacities? So there's, there's this one little tool uh, called, I think it's 4WH, you know, who, what, when, where, how. Uh-huh. It's interesting. There is a debate about whether why questions. Yeah, I'm thinking, where's the why? (laughs) And why can be really, uh, can lead to really rich Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it can also uh, provoke defensiveness. Oh, interesting. Yeah, sure. I can see that. You know, hand on my hip. Why? Uh Why would you do that? And so you just have to use it wisely. Yeah. Uh So 4WH is, is great to carry around in your hip pocket. Uh-huh. So keep going, but I was, I was going to say, but then there's also the five whys, right? Sort of asking mm-hmm. why five times to kind of drill down. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that a couple of times. That's actually really interesting where that sort of takes you. You, ask, you make a statement and then ask yourself why and then challenge that mm-hmm. and challenge that. And, cha- and I've ended up in some really different <laughs> places doing that. Yes, and then that is a technique that all... You know, kindergartners uh-huh. have perfected. Yes, and really. It can be. A, we need to reclaim that skill. <laughs> <laughs> kids, kids actually ask questions. Yeah, they they don't have any hang-ups about being wrong. It's a beautiful thing. And then I guess I would, you know, deep listening is also a really great mm-hmm. skill mm-hmm. when it comes to asking questions. When you can almost get a sense of what the person, if you're talking to another person, mm-hmm. is not saying Mm. but you can kind of feel it's in there somewhere Mm -hmm. and if there's Mm -hmm. a way to use a question to open up that space it can really be unexpected deep yeah you know yeah yeah i've found that with me n of one but that even just a simple invitation of tell me more Mm. You know, to me, it's like, I'm like, I walked through that door. It's like, yeah, (laughs) here's what I was intimating that I wasn't actually saying or that, you know, I might have left it alone otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, tell me more. I mean, people, we live our lives as collections of stories. And so Mm -hmm. tell me more is a great invitation to share a story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I am wishing that I could get you to tell me more, but um, <laughs> uh, but I am going to get you to do one more thing. This big jar of wannabe analogies has been sitting on the table between us. I want you to reach in and pull out a slip of paper, Okay. and I'm going to do the same thing, and then we're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever word is written on the slip mm-hmm. of paper. All right? Okay. All right. Dig in. Fishing around... Oh, those are the blanks. You can't oh. use a whole thing. <laughs> I forgot to take those out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got one? Sure. Okay. All right. And I've got uh, one for me and one for um, the listeners because they wanted to do it too. Mm, so okay. um, you want to go ahead? Sure. All right. So my word is pencil. Pencil. And when I think about pencil as it relates to curiosity, first of all, I, I love pencils yeah. because 
they let you erase, uh-huh. right? And I, I associate curiosity with a lot of many, many and sometimes false attempts. But oh, there's this yeah. ex, there's this uh, experimentation that's kind of baked into a curious mind, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and a pencil. Let's you just, you know, no sweat. I can erase it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, so mine is um, road work. Uh, Curiosity is like road work. Mm, uh, (laughs) I'm thinking about this because they are tearing up all the streets around my house. And and curiosity can be really inconvenient and messy (laughs) and noisy and disruptive. But its end product is um, is usually a big improvement mm-hmm. on things. So that's, that's great. Curiosity is road work. And um, listeners, your analogy is fine wine. Mm. How is curiosity like fine wine? Fine wine like curiosity? Let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Hashtag analogy. Well, Beth. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. For this. Um, I look forward to more great questions with you. Thank you. You're listening to WERALP 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Special thanks to Rocio O'Connor, Beth Flores, and Antonio Villaronga for keeping the great questions coming. Do you know something about curiosity? Are you wondering about curiosity? Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Choose to be curious. Don't forget to send us your fine wine analogy, hashtag analogy. And thank you to the many people who dove into our water analogy. You splashed around, drank deeply, got good and wet. Kudos. Join us again in two weeks when we'll be talking about... No kidding. Until then, choose to be curious.